Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Intercepted, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, old Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. Today, I am joined with Tyler, a.k.a. T+. You can find Tyler on Twitter, at Tyler Kurth. And as always, make sure you're following us, the podcast, on Twitter, at Trilogy underscore pod, um, where we post all of our stuff there. So make sure you guys are checking all of that stuff out. Um, And I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if I was going to get Tyler on the podcast today, but it was good for him to join me because we got some stuff to talk about. I've been a little bit busy lately, so haven't gotten a podcast out, but I'm excited to talk about the news that has happened over the last couple weeks since our last podcast. So before we get into all that, Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well tonight. Yeah, this is probably the latest we've recorded on a Sunday night in quite a while, but here we are. There's still Packers news to cover. And speaking of late, I was asking you when the draft is, and it's that's a later later this year than as compared to normal years as well too. And it's it's just so weird with no like no combines going on. And I mean, I know people are doing pro days and whatnot, but it's not quite all the same yet, which gives it kind of a weird vibe. But that's what we're here to do: learn about it a little bit some more, which I know we'll be getting into later. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a. An interesting year. They're going to hold the draft in person this year um, with fans, with media, with players. Um, So that part of it's going to be back to a little bit of normal. Um, Hopefully we won't have to look in Roger Goodell's basement ever again. um, And we can just go on with our lives semi-normal. I want to start with the probably the biggest news since we recorded last and that is the Green Bay Packers re-signed or signed Kevin King to a deal. Initial reporting was one year, six million. And now, and I know a lot of Packer fans were freaking out at one year, six million dollars. Um, but now with more details out there, um, the contract makes a little bit more sense. Um, and it's definitely a win now type of move from Brian Gutekunst and company. So, Um, The deal essentially is one year unless he gets extended in mid-February of next year, um, which I highly doubt will happen, but uh, I guess that's a possibility. So basically what the deal is, is one year. In 2021, they're going to be paying him 1.9 on the cap. Now that does have the 
capability of growing to 3.75 if King hits all of his incentive-based stuff, you know, games played, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, workout bonuses, you know, all those different things, um, because it is a pretty incentive-heavy contract for King in that first year. And then basically what they did with the rest of the money is they push it out. So in 2022, they have a dead cap of $3 million, um, and this is a void year. So that'll be a cap hit of $3 million. Um, and then he'll have a cap hit of under a million dollars for the next three years at 750 K, um, which is essentially nothing. You know, they, they restructured, restructured, restructured. Wow. Um, Adrian Amos's deal and got that amount of money the first time they restructured that. So that's a very easy, you know, restructure of a contract to get under if, that's a big deal. So that is no concern of the money in the future outside of maybe the money in 2022, because the Packers are really, really kicking the can down the road on some of these deals. Um, Ken Ingles on Twitter, if you don't follow him, you need to, because his Packers salary cap stuff is incredible. Um, total in restructures and everything um, they've, put $31 million in the future. 18.7 of that is in 2022. And they're in worse shape for 2022's um, salary cap than they were this year. So it's definitely an all-in type of off-season for Brian Gutekunst, even though there's not much in terms of the outside signing. So Tyler, what was your kind of initial thoughts and reactions to Kevin King being back on this team? Well, I wasn't part of the crowd that was furious when I saw one year six million. Um, I was like, oh, okay. I guess I hadn't caught up on the fact that Kevin King had essentially, you know, lowered his value to like dirt. So, and I mean, that's really what he's getting is what you said. It could get up to like 3.75 or whatever it was, 3.5. So that's quite incredible. And that's a big win for Kevin King's agent to work some magic like that. And I know Packer fans aren't going to remember it like that. They're going to remember the $6 million and, and kind of get all flustered. And I think kind of the same group of fans that is upset that when they saw one year $6 mil is also the same fan groups like, why are we bringing Kevin King back? So I think Packer Nation is really kind of split on if they actually wanted him back or not. I was part of the group that wanted him back. And then, of course, you know, as I say something like that, just all his stats are getting thrown out there after he resigns and how he's basically like an average level cornerback. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But this allows you to keep a veteran. Like we know Kevin King isn't going to be shut down every game, but he can be certain games. So I think that's important to remember. And obviously when you're pairing that with Alexander, you want some sort of security on their other side and, now, if the Packers want to keep another corner, draft and develop and learn under King, that, that's the best way to do it, I think. And what better way to do it and a prove-it deal that they're giving them. So I really like the signing. I'm excited. Hopefully it lights a fire under him and we see a really good 2021 out of it. Yeah, and so this is something that um, I haven't been able to say on the podcast, but I have – you know, when people ask me about it, knowing how big of a backer fan I am, people ask me, you know, what did you think of the deal? Right. So I would, I said it to everyone that's asked me, I said, the Packers are not better 
with this deal from 2020 to 2021. Kevin King is who Kevin King is. We've seen it for four years. If he's healthy, we know who he is. He's a guy that can make a play here and there and is also going to be a guy that decides that Scotty Miller can score at the end of a half. Um, you know, he's that's the type of player he is. Um, we've seen it now for four years. He's very up and down. Um, you just look at his pro football focus numbers. That's what it is. It's I'll just go from week one to week 14 real quick. So it goes 56, 73, 47, 56, 66, 64, 57, 29. Like it is all over the board. He can be anywhere from truly terrible to a good cornerback in this league. But unfortunately, the mediocre tends to weigh out more than that really good because um, he had two good games this year against Detroit in week two and um, in week 17 against the Bears. The Bears, obviously, the quarterback was probably the main issue there um, for Detroit. They didn't have Kenny Galladay in that game, you know, lesser receivers, all that kind of stuff. But. So you don't improve from 2020 to 2021, right, on the defensive side of the ball. But you do improve from, you know, right after the season when you didn't think Kevin King was going to be back to now having him on the team. Because as much as he struggled, I think he's better than Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson has not proved anything at this point. I think he's still better than Chandon Sullivan. I think he's better than the other cornerbacks not named Jair Alexander on this roster. So it betters the team. It makes the team a little bit deeper. That way, I like the deal. Um, I will love the deal if the Packers still find a way to sign another veteran quarterback and draft one in the first two days of the NFL draft. If they do both of those things, I love this deal because exactly what you said, Tyler. It's it's just another guy that can be out there for you that you trust that's a veteran or at least kind of can trust. Um, because you can say, you know, draft a first-round rookie, but that doesn't mean that rookie's going to be good. Even if they turn out good, in 2021, they could be garbage because cornerback is a really tough position. We saw flashes from Jair Alexander, but he was nothing like he is now in his rookie year. Um, so just because we draft an early round rookie does not mean they're going to be better than Kevin King to start out. So having him on the team makes this team better. Um, so I like the deal in that regard. And like I said, if we can go out and get another veteran type corner and we can draft one early, Early-ish, it doesn't have to be first round, but early in the draft, I really, really re would like this cornerback room, and it still gives, you know, Josh Jackson a fighting chance in camp, and and you have some of these guys that can push, and hopefully that means a deep room, and a deep room with a alpha number one, it's going to be a good secondary group. Then you have guys like Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos behind them to help out, um, and then also. You know, Darnell Savage is getting better, but also you have Preston Smith, Sedarius Smith, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, all who are going to help you as well. Rashawn Gary's getting better. Kenny Clark had an off year. Let's see him get back to normal. Let's see Sedarius get back to normal. And that's going to help guys like Kevin King um, and a potential rookie that they signed. Do you have anything else on the King deal right now, Tyler? I guess the only thing I'd like to kind of add is, 
you mentioned how they, you know, they don't really get better this year, but I think it's still a win now move because if you don't resign Kevin King, it's a huge gamble with a rookie. I mean, Mm -hmm. you, you could go out and get someone in free agency, but they don't know the system, the scheme. I mean, granted, a lot of these players are going to be learning Joe Barry's, you know, mindset right now. But Kevin King is familiar with his teammates, and yeah, you agree. It's a win now move, and I'm going to stand firm on that. Yeah, it's it's not like a huge. Um, it doesn't feel like a win now move, but I think for sure it helps the Packers right now because then they can go out and still do things they can still um try to go out and sign a a cornerback i believe casey hayward's still out there richard sherman's still out there i don't think they're going to sign sherman but there are options out there that can improve this team and then as we're talking about you go and get a young rookie to back them up slash take their spot in a year i really think that makes a lot of sense um but there are guys out there still Don't be overly frustrated. I think there's still a chance. Um, I thought the best chance for us signing a cornerback in free agency anyways was later in free agency. So don't give up on it. I still think they're going to sign someone else at the position just because I think it's vitally important. And if you take three to four swings with two in free agency, two in the draft, one early, one late, and you just see what happens. If you hit on one of them, preferably that early round rookie, if you hit on them, Great. Um, You know, if you kind of hit on the two free agents for a year and hit on the rookie, you're going to be looking pretty good. Um, Let's move forward, Tyler. Let's go to the other signing that has happened. Um, I guess I will briefly mention there was a outside free agent signing before we get into our next big free signing uh, free agent signing. The outside free agent was a long snapper. So the Packers got on the board with a long snapper. Um, I think his first name was Joe. I am not going to spend a lot of time learning his name because he's a long snapper. And they drafted a long snapper like three years ago in Hunter Bradley. So I don't really know if he's going to make the team or, or what's going to happen there. Um, but once he, if he does make the team, I'll learn his name. <laughs> uh, moving forward, Mercedes Lewis signed a two-year, $8 million deal. Now, I've been looking. I have not seen any updates on the actual um, details of that. And Ken Ingles, again, I mentioned it earlier. If you're not following him, go out and follow him. Um, On Friday, no, Thursday, he tweeted out, um, after seeing the details of the Kevin King deal for the Packers, I predict the Mercedes Lewis deal is a two-year contract and will include three void years on the back end to kick the can down the road yet again with that money. So that might be a similar type contract. That might be the first two years, you know, the first year he gets, let's just say 1.5, second year he gets around 2.3, and then all of that rest of that money is down the road um, in those void years, putting Um, some cap hits future on that's what he's predicting but again we don't know um, true information about that Uh, spot track doesn't have anything up about his breakdown for his contract either so we just don't know at this point Um, but overall without the details of the signing Tyler how do you feel about big dog being back in the fold I mean it's a must you have to right 
I mean, the guy's going to be like, what, 38, 39, and he still plays like he's in his mid-20s. <laughs> Didn't he hurdle a guy last year? Was that when he – that was one of his plays. Was that two years ago already? I think that was in 2019, if I remember. But, yes, I, I know exactly what play you're talking about. <laughs> Either way. I mean, he's got so much value as a blocking tight end out there. And just when you forget about him, he's going to come out and make a big play in postseason. I mean, that I think that's the ultimate, <laughs> that's the ultimate like, yes, Lewis type of moments. But – I really love our tight end room. We excelled there last year with the exception of Sternberger, who kind of fell off the wagon there a little bit. Uh, so bringing Lewis back is very much needed, and yeah, I'm happy. I would have been sad if he would have walked away. Yeah, and I'm not saying this is the reason they signed him, but I do think the love of Mercedes Lewis in the locker room and with 12 specifically, like everyone loves him, right? So just having a locker room type of guy that still is going to give you something like you're talking about, yeah, he's not going to go for 11 touchdowns like Tunyon, but, you know, he's still contributing, and he's still contributing at a decent level. Looking back, he's had two seasons. These are PFF grades. Um, he's had two seasons in his NFL career since 2006, so he's been in the league almost as long as Aaron Rodgers, um, but clearly he played his first two seasons um, before Aaron Rodgers. So he's actually been getting meaningful snaps a lot longer or a year or two longer than Rodgers. But you look back, he's had two years under a 60 for PFF, which is pretty good. Um, one of those years, his worst year in the pros was his first year with the Packers. Um, and in case you didn't know, that was the year that they fired their head coach. Um, so that might have been more a part of that than actually Mercedes Lewis. But I do think he's also had his best year since 2012. His first year with Matt LaFleur was his best year since 2012. So um, I do think it, it makes a ton of sense to bring him back. I think this means... Unless it's round five or later, the Packers are not drafting a tight end. And I would actually be surprised if they do so anyways, because now you have four guys because they brought back Tunyon on the tender, right? On that second round tender. Um, that, that doesn't mean he's for sure on the roster, but as of right now, I will assume that's what that means. Um, so you have Tunyon back, you have Sternberger Josiah DeGuara, you just drafted last year. And Lewis, you have four tight ends. I'd be really surprised if they go out and try to do any more moves there. But it definitely solidifies this tight end room for another year or so. Um, and I think that's a good thing. And Mercedes Lewis, even though he's not the player he used to be, he is still a guy that you can scheme open. You can scheme all four of these guys open and they can actually catch the ball and as long as Jay Sternberger catches the ball, you know, they can they can still do things. And having the blocking and just the veteran leadership, not only in the tight end room, but in the locker room as a whole. Because, like I said, literally every single person on this team absolutely loves Big Dog. Um, 12 is right up there and probably loves him just about as much as anyone else in that locker room. But it's it's a good thing he's back. Um, the two years, $8 million surprised me. I didn't know he would get Four mil a year, granted, with the 
almost assured void years on there. It's not going to be like he actually gets four year, uh, four mil a year, but we'll, we will have to see what that all looks like in the coming weeks. Do you have anything else on King Lewis or that famous long snapper that we signed? Tyler? <laughs> no, I have nothing else on the famous long snapper. Hopefully you're not jinxing him and he doesn't fuck up and he becomes famous for a bad reason. If that happens, <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> I will take blame. <laughs> you know, our luck with special teams, so that's not good. <laughs> All right. So let's move ahead. As Tyler mentioned earlier, we're a month away from the NFL draft, which is really exciting. I hope everyone's digging into their favorite prospects. Tyler, do you have any like round one draft crushes that you really want to see the Packers take? Or are you way too much in the I'm waiting for Milwaukee Brewers baseball? <laughs> Well, I'm always waiting for Brewers baseball, which is right around the corner. <laughs> but <laughs> I do glance at some mock drafts, and, I mean, there are a lot of names I see come up quite often through what everyone else is talking about. And for me personally, I'm still struggling on, like, you know, what position do I want the Packers to take? Do they go with a corner even though they just re-signed King? Do you take an offensive tackle, which we obviously last year showed we need that depth and with, you know, Bakhtiari may or may not be able to start the year. You obviously need some more. Uh, so I'm still struggling in that regard, but from a cornerback standpoint, I keep seeing the name Greg Newsom come up quite a bit. He is a corner out of Northwestern. I'm not sure if he's going to be available come pick 29. I heard he might go sooner, but I think what's going to make him fall is he does have a uh, injury history which does also make me kind of scary to think about it when you think like how many games Kevin King has missed. Um, but that's one guy who stands out to me so far. I don't know how much you know about him. Yeah, that is, that is one of the guys on my list. I think um, in round one, even with Kevin King, because the draft is not the 2021 NFL draft is not just for, the Packers season in 2021, the 2019 and the 2020 drafts bear that out, right? 2019, we got Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage. Rashawn Gary got nothing in terms of snap count. Darnell Savage was a rookie and, you know, struggled from time to time, did have those flashes. But then the 2020 season, we see them break out a little bit, start to have that year two leap, right? Um, same thing, 2020 class. Yeah, we saw some flashes from A.J. Dillon. Early on, we saw some flashes from Josiah DeGara. We saw uh, Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes. Those guys make plays. But this is the year in 2021 that we're having those guys step up and, and become bigger uh, parts of the team, right? So I don't think signing Kevin King and even signing another free agent cornerback, I don't think that makes it impossible for them to draft a first round cornerback. Greg Newsom, like I said, is one of those guys that that is a fun player to look at. He's got really good ball skills. Um, he's got great athleticism. Um, and he's he's gonna be a fun one to watch. If he's there, I do think the Packers will love what he does and what love what he brings. Um, he can have, you know, he has some of those instinctual type of movements and being able to make split split second decisions in coverage 
Um, you know, being able to drive to the ball or to the target, you know, whatever it is, attacking the football, not letting the receiver just make an easy catch, then make the play. No, he goes, tries to make a play on the ball while it's in the air or on the receiver as they're catching the football. Um, he does also, you know, bring some physicality as well as the athleticism. He brings some physicality in, um, not only the passing game, but also in, in some run support, he's able to get some nice tackles at the line of scrimmage. And like you mentioned, that durability might be the big thing. Um, that is the biggest question mark for him, but what we see on the field, he would be a great, great pairing with Jair Alexander on the opposite side. If he can stay healthy, um, like you said, Tyler, that's probably a big, scary thing for Packer fans. Um, but one that I think still could be an option there at uh, 29. There is a player I want to mention, and people are going to say, oh, you're stupid. He's not going to be there. Um, that's probably right. He's probably not going to be there. Um, and there's another guy that I never thought would have the opportunity to be there, but is having some injury issues and might be there as well. There are two cornerbacks. Um, the first one that I never thought would be there at all um, is Caleb Farley. So he's been somewhere between 8 and 12 almost his whole time on big boards. Like he's been a top 15 player on most big boards when you look at it. Um, NFL mock draft database has a consensus big board. Right now they have him at 12. Um, and I've seen him consistently go in the top 10. But injuries are a big, big concern. You know, if he starts falling, if he gets to, you know, 22, 23, 24, is that a player that they move up for? I think it's a possibility. Injuries are a concern, but the level of talent could be absolutely incredible. Another guy who's climbing up boards as Farley due to injuries is kind of falling down is J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn's my guy. Um I've heard some things recently that he might not be the greatest scheme fit in Joe Barry's defense, but I don't care because this is based on what I've seen from him. This is Jair Alexander. He's a taller version of Jair Alexander. This is my guy. And if the Packers are moving up for anyone, in my opinion, I think it should be JC Horn. It would be absolutely incredible. Um, he is a lot, a lot of fun um, to watch. And I do think he's going to be a very good player in the NFL. And if he, if the Packers can somehow get him, whether that's having to move up or whatever the case may be, he is, he is the guy for me. If they can get JC Horn, they will be in very, very good shape. He's very, very competitive. He's, he's got, like I said, he reminds me so much of Jair Alexander. He's got that like cocky swagger. He's got the, alpha mentality you know something bad happens to him on one play he's going to be right back right in the guy's face saying no I'll go get the next one now um I really really love watching him if you haven't if you have like a few minutes just look at his film against Auburn oh my god it was incredible what he did in that game I think he had um three interceptions in that game two of them he did himself the third one I believe was tipped and he caught it um but he was absolutely incredible in that game I think he is 
a legit should be considered legit the number one corner in this in this draft. Um, I know a lot of people have Patrick Sertain or Sertan. Um, Caleb Farley is another one. Again, with the injuries, might be a little bit of an issue, but. Eric Crocker has said J.C. Horn is his number one. Greg Newsom is his number two. So if we can go get either one of those players, that is awesome. Um, but this is a this is a draft that, you know, if any of the top, you know, consensus five or six guys are there, I think they're worth taking. Um, again, my dream scenario would be J.C. Horn. Then. 2A, 2B is uh, Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley. I don't think Sertan's going to be there. If he is, that would be awesome as well. But then you got guys like Asante Samuel, who's a little bit smaller, but he's a fun guy to watch, very instinctual. Gets it from his dad, um, who played in the NFL as well. Eric Stokes is a fun guy to watch. Um, Afante Malafanwu is another one to watch. Taller, 6'2". He's got a nice Kevin King type of frame, a little bit taller. Um, he's another guy that that could be a lot of fun to watch. He's a he's a good fit, I think. He's that long, rangy, athletic, physical type of prospect, very toolsy, um, ascending type of talent, and he's got a good he's good in zone. And I think we're going to see a lot of that with Joe Barry. So those. Any of those cornerbacks, I would be more than happy taking. Um, and I don't think any of them are that much of a stretch, and it's worth taking in the first round, in my opinion, for any of those guys. Yeah, like if Matt LaFleur was a defensive coordinator, like J.C. Horn and J.R. Alexander, the way you described them, as similar as they are, like that's how I envision he wants our defense to play. <laughs> Obviously, exactly. LaFleur's on the offensive side. But, yeah, certainly if he falls, that would be awesome. And I think in this year's draft, there's – I'm not going to say be a lot of there's there's going to be some surprising picks, right? Because people who are putting together the draft are going off of completely different information, not as much information as years previous. Coaches are going off, you know, film from like 2019. And so it's going to there's going to be a lot of weird stuff, I think, that happens in this draft and the projections and what in reality might not always line up and. We'll see what happens. Maybe he does fall to the Packers. That I would not complain with that. Yeah, that would definitely be okay with me. Um, another guy, cornerback, um, Matt Miller. If you don't know who he is, he's a big draft guy. Um, he's a guy that's high on Aaron Robinson from um, UCF. Another player who's pretty fast. Um, that could be another guy. He's high on him. Um, the consensus board has Robinson, you know, end of the second, but early, early third, maybe end of second, somewhere in that range. Um, but that could be, that could be a guy that ends up, you know, bursting up if, if a team likes him and the Packers might be a team that would like him. So another guy to keep an eye on any wide receivers catch your eye. Do you want a wide receiver in the first round? oh gosh back to the great debate oh man (laughs) uh man i don't really know what to think i think the last time we were i was talking about how we were talking about if we should draft a wide receiver i was kind of on board of eh, i think i saw a little bit more out of mvs this year we don't really need a wide receiver which means 
Packers are going to go draft one. So <laughs> that's normally how it works. I honestly have not looked too far into the wide receivers. Obviously, I know some of the bigger names like Devonta Smith, but I don't envision him being there by the time the Packers roll around. So really, at that point, I, I don't know. I think Kadarius Tooney might be around that late. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't know. Who do you think would fit with the Packers well? Well, first and foremost, it's Kadarius Tony. Um, clearly, you have not been up on your wide receivers. <laughs> um, uh, if if Tony's there, I know Packer fans would absolutely love that. He is an electric guy, run after the catch type of guy. Um, not very big, 5'11", 189, but he is a fun guy to watch with the football in his hands. Um, that makes a lot of sense in a Matt LaFleur type of scheme. He's just basically that electric slot type guy. You know, a Randall Cobb, but a little bit more athletic and electric in that slot role um, is what you're kind of getting with Kadarius Tony. Another guy that is really small for the Packers, and I don't think they would draft him in the first round, um, but a guy that recently I've been a little bit higher on, again, I don't think the Packers will draft him, um, but he's another like big time electric wild card type of guy. Like you can put him anywhere and just have him go. Um, that's Rondell Moore, you know, right now he would be a really, really fun guy to pair with this offense, put him in the, in the slot and just, just let him go. Um, I watched recently a two-minute video on his route running at his pro day. Oh, my God. It was absolutely unbelievable. He Granted, it's a pro day, and, you know, I don't know the guy that's lining up across from him that's trying to cover him, but he was absolutely electric. He is that Tyler Irvin, but a lot better type of Tyler Irvin. I think Kadarius Toney is a more well-rounded type of wide receiver and and probably just a better wide receiver but Rondell Moore is another guy that's going to be a lot of fun um like I said I'm looking at consensus boards so it's compiled throughout the internet um NFL mock draft database has this they have Rondell Moore at 35 they have Kadarius Tony at 28 so right in the range um I think Tony will be gone um but definitely in the range that he could be there. And then Rondell Moore, like I said, is at 35. He's been as high as 16. Um, so he's fallen a bit, but they actually take all of the, not only do they do all the big boards and, and put them into a consensus board, they also take all the mock drafts and see what pick is the most popular um, of the players that are still available on this. So they have the Packers at 29 taking Rondell Moore um, with the highest probability of the players still left on the board at that point. Um, but that will be, that'll be a player to watch position to watch. Not a hundred percent confident. We'll see a running back like Tyler. You said, I think offensive tackle could be a position. I think uh, Sam Samuel Cosme could be a guy. He is a freak, really, really big, um, he could be a guy to watch at offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Um, I think Jalen Mayfield, he, even though he's the lowest on this list, he's probably my favorite of the first round tackles. 
um, that will realistically be there. Um, I think he's a true right tackle. He would be ready to play right tackle right off the bat. I think that would be a great fit. Um, otherwise, guys, if there's someone that falls like a Christian Derrissaw, I don't really think that will happen. But if Christian Derrissaw falls, that would be a great pick. I think even Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round, he's he played tackle at USC, um, but he's projecting as a guard. So I don't know if fans would love that pick, but if he's there, he's a really, really good player, fun player to watch. Um, other than that, I don't think the Packers will take Christian Barmore in the first round. I think he's the only defensive lineman available that is worthy of that pick. Um, I don't think Davion Nixon is quite to that level yet worthy of that pick. Cause I think there's going to be better players available. Um, and then the only other position we really haven't talked about linebacker, uh, Jeremiah Owosu-Karamoa, J-O-K, from Notre Dame. He's a guy to watch out for, not a guy I think will be there. Um, Micah Parsons, there's a lot of stuff personally that has been going on with him. He is a top five talent in this draft, um, but there's a lot of off-the-field stuff that has come out about him. Um, that means... I don't know if he's going to be drafted in the first round, when he's going to be drafted. We'll kind of have to wait and see about that. Maybe a team's going to take a chance on him because he is so talented. But again, a lot of ugly, ugly stuff going around him. So I don't really know, and I don't want to speculate about that. But if JOK's there, I think that's a home run of a pick. Um, another guy that I absolutely love, uh, Zayvon Collins. He can be an edge he can be an off-ball linebacker. He has the athleticism to do both and the strength to deal with offensive linemen. He's a fun prospect uh, to, to look at as well. Um, other than that, I think that's the main positions. Maybe there's a Trayvon Morig that might be drafted. He's a safety from TCU. Um, that's kind of the first-round guys that I would maybe expect. Terrace Marshall, wide receiver from LSU, might be in the mix as well. Um, that's day two picks, I think are going to be very interesting to watch as well, depending on what happens in the first round. Um, but we'll have to get back and talk more draft in the next month before we, we finally do our, um, do have the NFL draft. We'll have to get some mock drafts out on the podcast. Um, maybe Tyler and I will argue, about draft picks now since we argue about just about everything else tyler do you have every anything else to talk about today uh no you hit on my guy in the o-line that was mayfield the tackle from michigan and i really liked like he had to block chase young a few years ago and held his own ground in that regard so that's kind of what sold me on him so and he could play right tackle that that'd be an awesome pick i think so that's the only other thing i want added on him yeah yeah, I, I definitely think that would be a good pick. Um, we'll see what way they go. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be a fun draft. Um, another thing before we go to note, Ryan Gutekunst in every draft has traded up in the first round. He has, in his first draft, he traded back, then traded back up um, to get one Jair Alexander and an extra first round pick that turned into Darnell Savage. So I would say he won that deal there. Um, so 
I it'll be something interesting to watch. I'm very excited to see what this draft entails, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Make sure you guys are doing that. Make sure you're checking out the Brewers Trilogy podcast and all of our stuff again at Trilogy underscore pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the social channels. And until next time, go Pack Go. JPG.